Yeah, actually, if you uh, if listeners have seen the show Silicon Valley, they actually did an episode on this where, uh, you know, and I'll tell you my own personal story about this, but I was at a, at a major marketing conference. I won't mention it by name. This has nothing to do with them. It just uh, happened at this conference. Um, but I was sitting there with a, a speaker, a gentleman named Ben. He's originally from the UK, and he's a bit of a one of the DEF CON kind of guys. And he pulls out his computer, and he's like, oh, my God, there are six pineapples here at the conference. And, and uh, despite my, my poor British accent there, what a pineapple is is basically a router, a backpack router. It's connected to a battery and everything, and they, they, the people will walk around with it in their backpack. And what it does is it mimics the conference Wi-Fi. And what happens is your computer thinks it's the conference Wi-Fi. It'll say, you know, marketing conference Wi-Fi or something like that. Your computer will automatically connect to it. They will then proxy your, your internet traffic back out to the internet. So in other words, you don't have any idea what's going on. All, all your internet's working just like it you expect it would. But in the meantime, they're kind of man in the middle of you, meaning that they're kind of pilfering your unencrypted information as it goes through their pineapple or their kind of clone of the Wi-Fi network. And this is actually super crazy stuff. And at this one conference, again, there were six of them present. So it's a really prevalent problem, not just at marketing conferences, but in general, even at things like uh, coffee shops and so on and so forth. And so the way that I recommend or the way that I go about going around this is if I really have to use the conference Wi-Fi, which of course we all know is generally slow anyways, um, but I'll use a VPN virtual private network. And there's a bunch of providers out there that'll provide it to you, but um, I'll use a VPN, which essentially fully encrypts the traffic between your computer and their server. So this man in the middle attack is, is less effective. Um, the other thing that I actually prefer to do is to hardwire my laptop into my phone or a personal hotspot and then connect through my cell provider signal essentially um, back to get my internet connection. So I'm not you know, leveraging the Wi-Fi at the conference um, for that purpose. But pineapples are a big deal. If you're going to be using a conference Wi-Fi, definitely use the VPN. Uh, but my preference is to hardwire it to your phone or to something like a personal hotspot that you could buy from your phone provider. When you travel for a vacation, you don't worry about a wrinkled shirt. But when you travel for business, being connected, being presentable, and not having dead batteries are true causes for concern. So get on board for some business travel hacks with your host, Brian Eisenberg. I'm David Vogelpohl. I'm the VP of Web Strategy at WP Engine, and I travel a lot, mainly to speak at conferences, but also to meet with partners that we deal with in the WordPress ecosystem. Knowing you for quite a while, I know that you are a, uh, a, a, a conference junkie. You know, Not only have you been attending them for years, but you've also exhibited at them, uh, you've spoken at them. Um, and I, I, I've got to say, you know, just uh, being around you for some of them, it, it's definitely got to be uh, one of your uh, travel superpowers. Um, would you agree that that is your, your travel superpower today? I think so. I've been going to conferences, running teams that have been responsible for exhibiting at them, getting the most out of them for, for many years. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think that's one of the areas I excel in in terms of travel hacks is how to get the most out of a conference. So can, can you share with our listeners uh, some of your uh, best tips to get the most out of a conference? Sure, absolutely. I think for me, you know, really there's a lot of 
investment that people make to be at a conference. And so then how do you get the most out of it if you're exhibiting? And so for me, that's kind of the governing principle as I think about all the different strategies that have evolved uh, over the years to, to get the most out of a conference. And I think one of my more interesting ones, you know, I was working the booth as a, as a young person, uh, you know, trying to get leads. And it was a boring time. And a lot of people around, like, how can I get people to stop at the booth? And actually, I picked up a tip on landing page optimization from a friend of ours, uh, Roger Dooley. And in the landing page optimization tip, he said, pick an image where the person is looking at the call to action that kind of neuromarketing uh, principle of, you know, people look where other people are looking. And so I said, well, what happened if I stood in the aisle of the conference here and just stared at the booth? Like it was the most interesting thing on earth. And sure enough, people would stop and also look at the booth. And that was an opportunity for me to say hi, learn about their business and how I might be able to help them. But it was basically pulling in this notion from landing page optimization to say, how could I get people to look at my booth and pay attention to it? So I literally just sit there and stare at the booth during slow times. Like it's the most interesting thing on earth and people will actually stop and, and, and stare there at the, uh, at the booth with me. I think uh, another interesting thing that I like to do or like to think about is, you know, in most conferences, when you have a booth in the conference hall, there's the carpet in front of it. Most of the time it's actually red. And so just like in football, I call that the red zone meaning the area of the kind of walkway in front of your booth. And when I think about booth management, I think about defending that red zone. How can I make sure that I'm getting most value um, out of the area in front of my booth? And so one thing you can do is you can monitor the red zone flow. And I do something what I call funnel standing. So I remember at one conference, there was a coffee station in front of our booth. So for most of the conference, I stood on the other side of the coffee station creating sort of a physical barrier. I wasn't really getting in people's way. I was just standing there, but it's subconsciously they would go to the other side of the coffee station right in front of our booth. And so monitor for that flow in front of your booth um, is a big tip that I've been able to use over the years. I also think about when I talk to leads in the booth, where am I, where am I talking to them? And I have established what I call the talking posts. Generally they're the little divider posts on either side of your booth. And so if I'm talking to a lead, I'll kind of, guide them over to what, what I call the talking post, the post at the edge of the booth. So that way I can keep the area in front of my uh, booth clear. And then another thing that'll pop up is people, long lost friends will run into each other right in front of your booth and they'll start a conversation and they're kind of blocking access to your booth from other people. And I use this other technique I call casual boxing, which is basically where I pull up my phone, I uh, turn around, put my back to the people that are having a conversation and every 30 to 60 seconds or so, I take a tiny step back. Now, I don't uh, bump into them or make it uncomfortable, but just the more you close that kind of casually over time, they'll naturally kind of shuffle away from your booth. So it's kind of a neat way to uh, get people to move without being rude or without making it necessarily obvious what you're doing. But the main thing that drives all this for me is the not just the cost of being there. Like you could take all your travel costs, your booth costs, divided by the amount of time and say, each minute in the booth costs me this much. But I don't do that. I calculate my revenue per minute. In other words, if my booth is blocked, if that red zone is filled with people, if people can't get to my booth, how much revenue per minute am I losing? And when you start to think about it in that way, because there's only a limited amount of time you're at these conferences, you start to realize how important every minute is to making sure this show is a success for you. 
Um, Brian, have you had any of those experiences uh, being at conferences or being at a booth? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I see it all the time, you know, booths being blocked by people and you can't kind of get in and try to get a sense of who you are. And so you just walk on by. Um, uh, same thing, you know, you see people having conversations and they're blocking the booth and you can't get anyone's attention because they're facing away. And so they're, they're not monitoring what you call that red zone. So, yeah, I think those, those, are, those are critical pieces to, to making sure um, you know, your, your booth life is great. What about just making the best out of the conference and, and, and networking and, and uh, just staying connected while you're at the conference? Well, you know, networking is, is interesting. I think, you know, when you're in the booth, your, your job is to get leads, right? We talked about this notion of revenue per minute. But I think when you're networking, when you're at an event, a happy hour, you know, a lot of times the instinct is to also go on this kind of card hunting mode. But I actually don't do that. If I get a card, great. But really what I'm there at a networking event for is to forge a relationship. I want to uh, become friends with someone. I want to learn more about their business. And really doing that through the lens of, you know, establishing relationships that will eventually bring value back to me. Matter of fact, I went to a uh, networking event here in Austin for over a year without getting a lead uh, when I ran an agency in the past. And then on the 13th month, I got six leads that came to me. I didn't go and seek them out. People had gotten to know me, realized that some of their friends or they themselves needed help. And then they all brought the leads back to me. So that's the long game, right? Focusing on those relationships, focusing on things uh, that will drive value for you, not just trying to meet as many people and get as many cards as possible. Um, There's another technique I use, and this one's really helpful for introverts, right? You do want to, of course, meet a lot of people, but sometimes it's hard to go meet strangers. So one of the things I'll recommend is to have, you know, not 10,000 relationships, but a thousand or a hundred or whatever powerful relationships. In other words, people that have highly connected networks themselves. Um, And you could think of this like bait and trap networking, where you're hanging out with highly networked individuals. And then as, as people come to them and talk to them, you're also able to leverage that. So if you're not, you know, if you're an introverted person and you're not trying to go out and talk to a bunch of people all in one go, um, try to establish powerful relationships with connected individuals. It's a little easier to meet people that way. But again, remember, the networking event for me anyways is not about getting business cards. It's about establishing relationships. And a lot of the times those relationships you establish are more valuable than a bunch of cards you could collect one evening, you know, hustling in a bit. Do you have any favorite travel gadgets or must-have apps when you travel? I think my favorite travel gadget has to be my USB power strip. Super simple. I'm sure you might even have one at home, but it's you plug it right into the wall. It's got six. I think they're the 2.4 uh, amp ports on them, so they kind of supercharge your devices, but just to have one thing I can plug in and get all my devices into without carrying, you know, three or four different charger ports, um, that's a huge deal for me. I think additionally, the backup batteries that you get for your USB devices are super critical, Um, and it's so funny, these things are so common, but so few people travel with them, Um, but they're, they're super, super valuable, and I can't count how many times... Uh, I loaned up those backup battery things. As a matter of fact, I met my wife at a conference and I loaned her one of those things. And that was one of the reasons I got to talk to her the next day. Um, but it's, you'll never know who you could help, I think, with one of the, the USB backup batteries. But also, of course, for yourself, um, just to have that freedom in case your, your power is dwindling down. So, so bring one of those with you. So hopefully I won't have to loan you mine at the next conference. What or who has impressed you during a travel experience? 
I think, uh, you know, there's so many different things people do um, that are clever in terms of travel. Um, but I think kind of getting back to the conference thing, I think one of the things that really impressed me was affiliate uh, summit, Sean Collins and, and Missy Ward, and, and really their attention to detail, especially when it comes to things like food. And when you go to a conference, you expect the food to be kind of bad, maybe. Uh, but that was one of the things that stood out for me when I traveled. If I went to a conference and they had really good food, kind of like Affiliate Summit does, it just, I don't know, it's just a small thing, but it really is such a compelling part of that experience for me um, to be able to sit down and have a good meal I'm at the conference and not have to necessarily wait for the night of to have a good meal. Um, I don't know. To me, that was really impressive. Thank you for listening to Business Travel Hacks with your host, Brian Eisenberg. Catch us on the web at businesstravelhacks.com or at Business Travel Hacks on Facebook and Instagram. Final question. What's the best lesson you've learned about business travel in all the years you've been traveling? I think the best lesson I learned in business travel is really just as I, as I meet people, as I get to know them, to start to understand what our connections are. I talked earlier about how relationships are a big part of my networking strategy. And a big part of that for me as I meet people and I get to know them as I travel is how are we connected? So one of the things I like to do is I like to play six degrees of separation. How do I know this person? Where are you from? Where have you worked? And I do this first before I talk at all about business because I want to try to establish that connection with them. I have a bunch of interesting stories around weird coincidences, um, but I think one of the ones that stands out most for me was I was playing Six Degrees of Separation with a guy named Sean Heshketh of WP101, and come to find out, Sean's wife and I went to high school together. And later that night, he tells her the story, and she pulls out my yearbook photo from the ninth grade. And so that was that was the connection that Sean and I had. And it was kind of silly and coincidental, but it was a connection that helped to forge a friendship. And you know, I really appreciate Sean's relationship and, and his business and what it does for WordPress and, and also the business relationship we have. But it was that, that one moment, that connecting on a personal level, that really moved our relationship to a level beyond business. And so I think for me, and you know, if I think about travel and I think about how I engage in the future, that's, the, that's probably the number one trip tip, which is how do I connect with people? What things do I already have in common with them? How can I use those commonalities to gain a new friend and then maybe even gain a friend that helps me in my business life?